What's good, Chiefs Kingdom? Hey, we're going to get you guys to the, the 2023 season recap episode here shortly. Um, but we obviously got to talk about uh, what went down this past uh, Wednesday at the parade. Um, and then uh, we will get you guys right to that episode. So just hang tight. I'll give my thoughts on this and then we'll get you there. All right, Chiefs Kingdom. It was very uncomfortable to record uh, the recap episode after knowing all this and what went down. I think I should speak. I think I can speak for most of Kansas City is that we were we were hit hard with this tragedy that happened this past Wednesday because it happened in our backyard. Um, there was shootings that went down um that went down right as the parade ended, right after the rally at Union Station had ended. Um, and it cost one life while injuring 22 people, 22 people total um, with costing one life. Um, and uh, unfortunately, that was a life of, of um, local DJ artist Lisa Lopez Galvin and a very, very unfortunate situation sad tragic and ugly heinous and just like horrendous and why um she lost her life while a lot of a lot of people were injured and half those 22 people were unfortunately children so 11 kids (sighs) i didn't want Chiefs Kingdom or anybody who listens to this podcast to think that I wasn't going to give my thought on this. I was. I just wanted to wait till everything kind of just went blown over a little bit, kind of let my emotions on the situation uh, calm down before I actually really gave my thought because it breaks my heart. It it really does. Um, I'm not going to get too much details on it. I'm just, I just will say this is that there was a confrontation between a group of people and it included juveniles and the juveniles had lightweight semi-automatic assault rifles on them or assault machine guns whatever and decided that it was necessary to fire them and when you're firing those type of weapons and you don't know how to control them you're going to spray people. And unfortunately, that happened. Half of them were children. My heart was broken. Everybody's heart was broken. Um, you know, I will say it wasn't like a situation to where you had one individual with a purpose trying to take out a, a lot of people. Like, what do we typically see in mass shootings? Um, But regardless, heinous, ugly. And um, my thoughts, my prayers go out to the Lopez family. Everybody that was affected. I mean, everybody that was hitting this. um, And everybody that was close to those individuals that were hitting this. Because it's sad. It really is. And it's, um, you, you you don't like seeing people go to go to an event that's supposed to be about togetherness, celebration and and caring love and having a great time to shit like this. 
you know, you watched the news, you had families saying, you know, this is our first parade and it is our last parade. I'm not going to get into the opinion of what should be done moving forward of what how they should handle this because I don't know the answer. I don't think that we should speculate on what they should do. I don't think that that's fair to the people who who were who were really affected in this. I I just don't think that's fair. Um I I do say this, you you don't want to live in fear of your life. Um, but you do want to make sure you protect people. And that's that's the biggest thing. Um, and there was no way to prepare for this, for anything like this, because you just never know when situation like this to, to happen. I'm not political. I, I'm not going to get in politics. I, I don't like that type of shit. I, I don't even want to talk about it. If anybody even tries to talk about it with me, I just I ignore them. But the one thing I will say that could be considered political from someone's perspective, what we are doing right now in this country is not working. I repeat, what we are doing right now in this country is not working. Something's got to change. I don't know what that answer is. I'm not out here to find the answer. But we cannot keep losing innocent lives and people getting hurt. Children, children, come on. Those kids didn't wake up on their day off to, to get shot. They woke up on their day off to go see their favorite team celebrate their Super Bowl victory. But that's the fucking unfortunate way of the world that we're fucking living in right now. And it's sad. And again, my heart, my thoughts and prayers go out to the families that were affected. I'm glad that all children have been released from the hospital. Everybody who who was wounded in the hospital has been released and they are on their way of recovery. I I hope and pray that they can, you know, move forward in life and however they need to do that. Um physically, mentally, emotionally because I know that this is a this is a this is a tragic situation because it affected all of us. I mean, everybody all of Kansas City were depressed about the situation. We went to the parade. We did. We just did the parade. My group of people just did the parade and we decided not to go to the rally last second. So we weren't a part of that situation, but we could have been there, you know, but we were at the parade. So I'm glad that they caught the people that were involved. I'm glad that they are going to deal with them and whatever they have coming to them. I hope that it's 10 times worse because you don't hurt Kansas City like that. Lisa Lopez Gavin, she is Kansas City. She represents Kansas City. And you, whoever heinous, stupid, ignorant mother, uh, all the words, you decided to hurt Kansas City. 
and not trying to take away from her, but just because she represents Kansas City in itself. She was a local DJ. She did her thing. She was loved by her community and by her people, by her family. And, you know, she was part of the Lot J group, um, a tailgating group, which was a, is a pretty well-known group at Arrowhead Stadium. Again, my thoughts and prayers out to them. Um, there's not more I want to talk about on the situation. I just I hope that we we all can move forward from it and we can try to think positive and try to be more of a, a positive influence in um, the community of trying to make sure, you know, we we see things better and we don't want things to happen like this again. Um there is a foundation or not found there's donations going on to her family um and obviously to a lot of people who were affected in this in this very tragic tragic situation i'm just happy there was not more fatalities or deaths we shouldn't have lost any lives we shouldn't have had that but I am happy there was not more lives cost. All right, Chiefs Kingdom. Again, one more time, thoughts and prayers out to Lisa Lopez, her family, and all the people who were affected in these shootings that took place at the Chiefs Parade. All right, Chiefs Kingdom, I love you guys. Let's get on to the 2023 season recap episode, season two finale of Kingdom Connect. This is the Kansas City Chiefs Podcast. You're the host, producer, Eric Bartis. Again, welcome to Kim Connect. We are here. We're here to the last episode of Season 2, Season 2 finale of Kingdom Connect. Um, it's been a great one, guys. Um, like I've mentioned before, this will be the final episode of the podcast in general. Um, it's It's been a ride, guys. I, I've enjoyed these, two, these last two years. It's been a great experience. Um, two Super Bowl runs back to back that I got to cover for you guys. Um, I know that uh, it, it started kind of getting a little, you know, my episodes weren't getting as much frequent towards the end, you know, but I was trying my best. You know, like I said, life is uh, kind of crept up on me with things getting busier uh, with my with my uh, real life job. Um and, uh, you know, I got to, you know, shift my focus more towards that. Um, and I, you know, I really can't go out of my way to try to cover a lot of things when it comes to the Chiefs um, and at least continue to do it. Now, my fiance, you know, she was telling me that like, hey, you know, they're trying to go for a three-peat. Do you think if you stop, do you think it might ruin the luck? Now, I, you know, I'm a superstitious person, uh, <clears throat> superstitious person, but I don't think me podcasting had anything to do with us going back to back, but you know, it is something fun to think about maybe uh, for you guys uh, that were fans of uh, this podcast. 
and you guys know that I eventually I took down this both Facebook and uh, Instagram page because it was hard to keep up with, you know, posting on those, the content. Um, it, it, it's a lot. And I've realized that in this in this type of uh, game or, you know, profession or hobby, however it is for you, um, you know, you, you have to put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, and sometimes it 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 can take away from your, uh, you know, your real life job, depending on, you know, what you do. I think a lot of people who do podcasts, I, I can't speak for, you know, I can't speak for a lot of people, but I feel like a lot of people who do podcasts are most people who work at home in home because they're already in that type of setting. See, I physically actually have to get up and actually go, um, you know, to a gym and I, you know, I train my people there. So, you know, I'm doing, you know, I actually have to leave, you know, my my studio. I can't, you know, I'd be in my studio all day that, you know, I might, you know, would like to be, you know, or just like a lot of podcasters or content creators that I know. Um, it's nothing, to, you know, I'm not like complaining or saying anything and like sliding anybody or saying this towards a negative way. That's not what I'm doing whatsoever. This is just me speaking for myself and knowing what I can and I can't do and. Um, I've, you know, I've enjoyed this. Like I said, I've enjoyed these last two years. It's been great. I've enjoyed podcasting. I started this podcast from the ground up. Um, you know, the motivation was the, uh, exactly, you know, what it, um, sorry, don't mean to be stuttering like this. You know, I'm just, you know, jumbling with my words because it's just crazy to think about that. We're here to this point. Um, the motivation was when we traded Tyreek Hill. Cause I needed something to start. I didn't know where to start. I didn't know how things were going. Uh, we were just coming off that AFC championship loss to the Bengals. Um, so you, you, you didn't know, you know what, how things were going to uh, go. And then next, you know, we boom, we trade Tyreek Hill. And I was like, bam, there it goes. That's what I needed to start this podcast. And you can guys can go back to the archive. I'm not going to delete these episodes. No, these episodes are there forever. Um, I might go back and even go back and try to listen uh, to some of my favorite episodes, um, you know, just kind of uh, refresh my memory um, and what I, you know, what I liked and, you know, what I did. And you never know, maybe there might be something in the future. Maybe Kingdom Connect might pop back up, you know, who, who knows. Um, but no, it's going to stay up for you guys so you guys can uh, listen to those episodes whenever you shall like. Um, and if you guys do want me to keep going, I need about 10 DMs on my Twitter. If you guys follow me on Twitter, I need about 10 DMs. And if I, if I get 10 DMs, at least 10 DMs saying like, please continue the podcast. We love it. Then I might reconsider. But if I don't get the 10 DMs, then I'll know that, Hey, it was a great ride, and we'll just keep pushing for other things, and that was uh, that's okay. Um, but anyways, let's let's get on with the recap of the 2023 season because that's pretty much uh, what we want to talk about. Then we'll talk about the positives that went down to the uh, this the Super Bowl parade um, because the the other than the tragedy, it was uh, a great parade as far as like the players walking down the route. And then, obviously, having a great time at the rally, partying it up before everything went down. So, uh, 
let's just talk about, you know, the season in itself. We obviously ended up back-to-back champions. No one thought we were going to be in this position. I mean, you can go back to – let's even go back to the offseason before the season even started. You know, a lot of people even said, like, what the headlines, like, what is it going to take for teams to repeat as champions? And everybody said, well, teams just don't repeat. It's hard. I'm taking the field. And that's understandable because, you know, the last repeat champion was the Patriots, and that was 0304. And that was a long time ago. And uh, we eventually, um, we eventually, you know, broke the streak or broke the uh, the drought, I should say. And I said this in the last episode that I feel like Mahomes is the breaker of curses. You know, he broke the Madden curse. He broke the uh, curse of um, MVP, the MVP winning the Super Bowl. And then now he's broke the back-to-back curse. It's crazy. He's just he's just doing it, you know, and it's it's something that you love to see. Um, and he's been great since day one. Uh, there was like uh, these talks about comparing and stuff like that, and a lot of people are comparing to like not like the wards and stuff because clearly Gretzky was amazing in what he did. Gretzky won seven MVPs in his first seven years of uh the nhl and i think he probably won for four stanley cups within that time too and you know patrick patrick you know going to four super bowls and winning three of them within that time and also having two mvps and then winning three mv in three super bowl mvps as well because i don't think brady brady won his first two i think he won the first MVP, and then I think he won the second one in his Super Bowls because um, he went out. He was pretty much in a kind of in a shootout with Jake Delhomme in that um, in his second win, and uh, he was in that uh, that what that's what made him his MVP of that game. And then I don't, and then it was like a defensive. Maybe it was, I can't remember who won the MVP for uh, when they won back to back playing the Eagles, but Brady didn't win the third MVP. And Patrick Patrick has three Super Bowl MVPs on his mantle, and that that some people might even say that that's more prestigious than a regular season MVP. But at least Patrick can also say that he has two of those. And Bray, Tom didn't get any of those until what ten almost ten years into his career. Now, granted, it doesn't matter. The season turned out the way that it did and that's that's all that we we should be really happy for they said in the offseason we're not going to repeat and then teams are going to get better joe burrow's gonna you know knock us out again uh he's he, tj hoochmanzada there's a lot of clips going on him right now uh about a clip that he said back in the offseason they're not beating the Bengals this year now, granted, he played for the Bengals his whole career, I believe. So he's a homer. He's he's gonna he's gonna be like that. And I feel like ever since that team has beaten us one time in the uh, AFC Championship and made it to the Super Bowl, it's like their heads inflated and they feel like they can just beat anybody. And granted, they haven't they haven't been back since. So, um, anyways, I believe that. If you take if you take this entirety of the year and you, you look you look back at it, 
you have to you have to have an appreciation not only for Patrick, Travis, the guys, you have to have an appreciation for the coaching staff. You have to have appreciation for that not the front office. The front office obviously keeping the thing keeping the train together, making sure you're 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 not hurting the cap. Um, you're getting the right players in, bringing in guys like Drew Tranquil, Charles Omenihu, Mike Mike Edwards, uh, re-signing Jarek McKinnon. Granted, he was hurt, but you know what? It was nice to have the Jet back on some plays and blocking him when he, you know, he when he could produce. You know, they brought in players. It was good. Hell, bringing in Pinnell again for another playoff run. You know, Pinnell has been clutch for us in two playoff runs. Uh, for Super Bowl wins, and I couldn't, I couldn't ask for anything better. Brett Veach has been amazing, and like I said, you have to give your hats off to him and his staff, and then the coaching staff, Andy, and for him to always stick to who they were. They, the Chiefs never, the Chiefs never changed. You know, let's 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 get real with ourselves. If you look at the, the entirety of the season, the chiefs never changed. They stuck to who they were. They just, they just took a few players out of the lineup. And once they did that, things started to get a little bit better because I think in the beginning of the season, it's almost like they were trying – it almost feels – when you look back at it, it almost feels like they were trying to experiment a little bit. Oh, yeah, let's see if, how this guy works, how this guy works. Um, and I think they ultimately came to the conclusion where they got it. they like, hey, look, we got to dumb this offense down to, to you know, MVS, Travis, uh, Noah, Justin Watson, Rasheed Rice. And um, I, I want to say Kadarius Tony, his last I want to say his last game had to have been it was either the game right after we played Buffalo or Buff that Buffalo game had to have been his last game that he I can physically remember him playing or being a big factor. And maybe it was because of the fucking offs or the fucking offsides on him. But anyways. It was stressful. A lot of fans had their doubt. I had my doubt in 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 times. I I wasn't sitting there, you know, blasting all over Twitter like some fans were or Facebook, saying that you know what, hey, you know what, it's over. This team sucks. This team is done. I don't know what to say. Um, it, it's. I thought you know what, the, even when we lost that Raiders game, I said you know what. This team is lost right now. I still believe they're going to get to the playoffs. And at that point, I said, I don't know what will happen. I know they will get to the playoffs, but I don't know what ha will happen. I got to see how the rest of the season – I got to see how these these final games turn out. Because everybody thought, you know what, that, that Christmas game against the Raiders, and we're going to talk about you know Antonio Pierce here in a second – um, you know, everybody thought we, Hey, the chiefs are done. Look, they got their asses kicked on Christmas day and hell as a fan, hell yeah, they did. It was like, they didn't want to be there. It was like, hell, you guys literally were still, still waking up in the morning with your family. And I don't want to say that in a negative way, but it was almost like you guys were still at home. 
And I get it. It's Christmas. You know, you don't want to actually have to get up and go play on Christmas Day. I think last year we played on Christmas Eve. And now this year we played on Christmas Day. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was it was very frustrating um, at points in the season. I mean, I can even go back to even the Jets game. That was what, like week four uh, Sunday night game against the Jets. Granted, we were all hoping to play Aaron Rodgers this year, and we ultimately ended up playing Zach Wilson. And I can't tell you how how the I mean, granted how the offense looked in that game too. I mean, they looked great in the first half, but I remember that second half like was like, okay, this is getting a little ugly. Um, and they, they lost the Packers and Lambeau Field, and you know it's hard to win on Lambeau Field, but there's no way they should have lost that game. The pack, like, like, look, the Packers made a strong playoff push, but they had to have a lot of things go their way to get them in. Um, and they got in, uh, and the tell they they could have been ultimately playing the Lions in the uh, the NFC Championship. That would have been a great NFC Championship to watch. Uh, division rivals playing against each other. Um, but no, it, it's it's one of those things where you just look back at the weeks and say like. That's why Andy Reid says that there's parity in this league. And we ultimately ended up becoming the villain. I think a lot of people thought, hey, they're sick of us and they're, you know, they thought we were down. And then the moment they started seeing how we were rising, we, you know, we beat the Bengals. Granted, no Joe Burrow. Um, and then our backups ended up beating the Chargers. And you can even tell. I said I. I talked to my one of my buddies today, and I know I'm kind of all over the place, but who cares? Um, I talked to one of my buddies today, and I was telling him about like, hey, I think really the spark came in that last game of the season when the backups were in, um, because you can see how hype everybody was. You could see how Mahomes just you know he felt hyped for you know Blaine Gabber, everybody else playing well. Um, Kelsey got that rest, even though all of us fans were kind of upset that he didn't want to get his 16 yards to get his, at least his thousand, um, and, and, you know, completely understandable looking back at it. Did it really matter? No, because that rest game, giving him that rest ultimately helped him ball out and be Travis Kelsey and the playoffs, the guy that we've always known. Uh, for him to be, and he ultimately ended up passing Jerry Rice's reception record. Um, him and Mahomes end up get, breaking Brady and Gronk's touchdown record. Um, you know, or sorry, hi, sorry, him and Pat end up. Break, I said him and Brady. Him and Pat ended up breaking uh, Tom and um, Gronk's touchdown uh, touchdown duo record, or whatever you want to put it. Um, so no, our combination, but no, it, it's, it, it was great to see how hyped they were on that sideline and it bled. And I think that that ultimately helped them stay focused into the playoffs. And then, you know, all the bulletin board material, man, like, you know, you had, I want to say you had. P, it, it was Tyree Kill and the Dolphins. I don't even think they really needed to give us bulletin board material. They might have, but I think it was really just because it was the him and he was making his way back to Arrowhead for the first time. And I think a lot of, uh, you know, I think a, 
we were excited. And that was the cold game. You know, that game was frozen everywhere. Uh, and one of the cold, I think the fourth most recorded uh, game in NFL history, uh, or tied fourth, I should say, um, like third in, for Chiefs his, in Chiefs history. Yeah, it, it it was it was a cold game, and they ultimately take uh, come out in victory and the wild card matchup against them, and that made that made Mahomes two and zero in the wild card round, um, and then it was like, all right, it's a way it's a way gauntlet. We're we're going on the road because they blew their number one seed chances after they lost to the Raiders. They blew that. I think you know what? I'll even take it back even further. When they lost the Broncos early in that season, I kind of had a feeling that, like, okay, this is going to be a bumpy road. This will be a bumpy road. That's when I knew things were going to start getting really, really shaky because we don't lose the Broncos, and they finally did. Now, granted, that probably goes to show you more about Sean Payton's coaching. Maybe he finally, you know, got got them going. But, no, uh, let's uh, – you know, back to what I was originally saying. Um, uh, gosh, yeah, see, I shouldn't have jumped over to that. And, you know, that made me lose my train of thought and what I was originally saying. But, no, they 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 needed the spark. It helped them. They made the playoff push. And, okay, now I remember. They, they, blew, their one, they blew the one seed by losing the Raiders. And it didn't matter. They got to the divisional round. They they locked in the number three seed, and that's how it was. That's why they didn't play the starters in the backups, or they didn't play the starters in uh, the last game of the season. They played the backups. So we were on the road. You go to Buffalo, exactly what they've wanted. They've wanted this for years. They were like, gosh, we were tired of going to Arrowhead. Well, they've gone to Arrowhead, I don't even know, the last, like, three years for a regular season game. Um, yeah, it's 21, 22, and 23. And then um, we've played them, and then they came here for two playoff games. Um, and we've beaten them in those playoff games, but they've beaten us all three in the regular season games. Now, we did beat them in a COVID game year up in Buffalo. Um and they got what they asked for. They wanted us in their territory. And it was a it was a crazy game. But I think this playoff push and how a lot of the fans, non-Chiefs fans and around the league saw us making this push, it ultimately made this team the villains, the fan base the villain. I'm sure we were already hated fan base anyways. But, you know, it made our team the villains. Uh, it, it, you know, I think they were starting already kind of getting that, you know, due to Taylor Swift, you know, all the haters on her, which was ridiculous. You know, they were starting to plant the conspiracies that she was going to rig us to the Super Bowl or whatever. It just dumb shit. Um, but no, I, I think once they saw that, it, the, the villainizing us or, you know, making us the villain, it started to come out more and they hated. They're like, damn, they can see that Patrick is that guy. I, I'm pretty sure they all know that deep down inside. They just hate seeing it because they don't want to see another Patriots dynasty. 
But guess what? You're living in one right now, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs dynasty. You know, you heard of the the Cowboys of the '90s, the Patriots of the early 2000s, or the 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 20 or the Patriots of the 2010s. Now, guess what? You have the Chiefs of the 2020s, and that is how it, it, or it's going to be. And then, um, if we can win another one, I mean, you're looking at you know winning. You know, I wouldn't say you know you're looking at winning four like the 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 Steelers did in the '70s, um, and then you had the the Niners winning some. Um, but you know, I will say that it became inevitable. Patrick enjoys playing on the road. It's almost like he jumps to a no whole new level when he plays on the road because he he thrives off of just walking to somebody's stadium and just silencing the crowd. And him and Kelsey went off in that game. Pacheco had a good game. You know, we we defensively we were kind of struggling against the run, uh but we we bared down, you know, and and I'm going to get on the defense. Don't you know, I'm going to talk about them. Don't worry, in Spags we trust. Um it it ultimately became the masterpiece. You saw Kelsey throw up the heart. They won. And yes, with poetry, wide right, Tyler Bass misses a field goal to tie the game. And we were going to go in the overtime, possibly. I, I couldn't remember what the time. No, no, no. There was like a minute left, I believe, or maybe two minutes left. Patrick had a lot of time left. It's not like we wouldn't have marched right down there and scored or at least put Harry in a position to score and win the game. But no, they they took care of business in Buffalo, uh, demoralized them. That team is pretty much done. I I, I don't see Stefan Diggs being there. Um, I'm shocked that, you know, they kept a McDermott around. But you know what? McDermott, even though that team was kind of left for dead in the middle of the year, and they made their playoff push and they, you know, they got to a two seed, you know, so that's why he probably ultimately will keep his job. Um, but they, they went, they went around and started doing their own firings. Um, and then the ultimate test was getting to the Baltimore Ravens and a lot of more uh, bulletin board material came out through this week. Um, it was both uh, buff. Uh, nah, I don't want to say, yeah, it was Buffalo because Deion Dawkins wanted to open his mouth. So, um, and then you had Kyle Van Noy, you had guys for the Ravens and stuff. Um, you know, you're playing the reigning MVP, you know, Lamar Jackson had a great year. He, he became the MVP. Um, ultimately Mahomes to his standards didn't have the best regular season. It was considered a down year for us, him. Um, but no, you know, the ultimate test was playing the MVP and you're playing the number one defense and the number one offense. And it, it, and we were like the number seven offense and the, and we were the number two defense. So it, it was a, it, that was a game in itself. And, and, you know, it was low scoring and Patrick basically ultimately kind of had to be a game manager, not screw around with it, you know, you know, not throw the ball in harm's way because of how good the Ravens defense is and their secondary was. Um, you know, and you know, their defense was, you know, they were, they were trying to get out, they were trying to get after Patrick a little bit. Um, but again, him and Kelsey went off in that game. Kelsey had another phenomenal game. Rasheed Rice looked good in that game. The defense balled out in that game. And we're going to talk about the defense a, a lot because the defense, we have to harp on them. 
because that 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 right that unit right there is they are one of a kind. Um, and then you know you 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 get uh, the biggest thing you had to do is get a lot of these teams off their rhythm and you know walk away from what got them to their got them there and. You know, you, you turned Lamar into a guy where he felt like he had to throw be throw for throw with Mahomes. And you don't want to do that. If you feel like you have to get in a throw for throw battle with him, you've already lost the game. Because no one's just gonna get in a throw for throw with him. You have to unless you have a guy that's just like that, then sure. But you know, you're gonna have to mix in a little bit of more game manager, running the ball, controlling things. Um, because guys just can't go out there and try to match Patrick. And I, and you know, that's the problem with a lot of these teams. I think uh, now, like nowadays, especially in our division, you know, they're trying to build these high power defenses in reality. They're not fine. They're not finding a guy quarterback that actually can be somewhat throw for throw with Mahomes, not Mahomes, but can be somewhat throw for throw with him. Like Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert's a good quarterback that can be throw for throw as long as he has the weapons around him. Um, now Grant, not saying he has the killer instinct like Mahomes does that that's that that's a different story. The mindset's a completely different story. That's on a whole nother tier, uh, within itself. Um, but no, I, I mean, it, you were able to do that. You, you beat the Ravens, you win the AFC championship away, you become even more the villain. And then it was, it was showtime, you know, you get to the Super Bowl. But let let's 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 take it back a little bit on to uh, the defense. You know, it started with week one. I mean, they they only held um, they only held the Lions to fourteen points, and that was the biggest thing that Spagnuolo was harps on all the time. Like, look, you know what? Like, you know, you're giving up yards, it, it, it hurts, and you don't want to do it. But we're if you're as long as you're preventing scores, that's all that matters. Now this year it, it was an elite defense, and you thought, okay, maybe this might be in one game, and then you, they showed it in the second game. Okay, that's cool. Then they started showing it in third game, then the fourth game, then the fifth game, then the sixth game. Then the point where this, when we got to week eight, I was like, okay, this is a legit defense. This defense is, you know, the the pass rush, the coverage. I mean, it, it, it's it's ridiculous. Lejerry Sneed. I mean, it's there's so many guys that I can throw out there and recognize. Um, you know, Chris Jones. I mean, granted, he missed week one, um, and you know, it, it, hopefully, we can kind of figure out something with him. Maybe um, he missed week one, and he came back, and it didn't even matter. It didn't even matter. He was a menace all year again. Granted, he didn't get you know fifteen and a half sacks, but he got ten and a half. You know, he got his he got his third double digit uh, sack season and it's and it was a back to back double digit sack season. Um, you know, he, he he's Chris Jones is one of a kind. Um, he he's the motor of that defense and he's what made the he, he's what made them win. And then also having a strong linebacking core. I think this is the best linebacking core from a totality standpoint. Um, in the league, I mentioned bringing Drew Tranquil in. I mean, perfect, perfect for this scheme. I mean, not only to be able to back up Nick Bolton in the time that they needed it to, but for him to be able to play all the spots and learn the defense the way that he did. He's a reliable guy. I do believe they find a way to bring him back. 
Um, who knows how that is, but I think he's going to want to be part of the three Pete, um, whereas it'd be like kind of a back to back, you know, title for him, but more so the three Pete, uh, of, uh, the chiefs and trying to, uh, break history. Also, you have Leo Chanel, which I think he was probably the best guy as far, uh, he, well, he was graded the highest, um, in the Super Bowl, but I, I think out of all the linebackers, I think he played the best in the Super Bowl. So the grades, the grade was obviously correct um, per PFF. And, you know, we take PFF with a grain of salt um, and we love it when it benefits us. We hate it when it doesn't. Um, and Leo had a great game. I mean, what they've asked him to do, they lined him up in so many different spots. They stacked him a little bit. They had him playing close to the line of scrimmage, which is what I think he's best suited. Um, they played they played him that overhang Sam Rush backer, um, you know, a lot, you know, where he was more of that power guy. Um, he was able to create one-on-one blocks for himself. He was able to set edges. You sent him on blitzes a time or two. I mean, he was, I mean, phenomenal. I mean, he really got after his playbook and the role that they asked him to. It, it almost makes you don't, because you were starting to feel like, okay, we really, we really wasted, you know, I think we took him in the third round. It was like, we really wasted a third round pick on a linebacker, you know, when you already had Nick Bolton, Willie Gay. Um, but no, I mean, bringing in Leo was great. And Leo had a lot of playing time like his rookie year, but I mean, this year you can really tell, and you know, I can tell that Joe Colon probably had something to do with that too. Uh, because Joe Colon comes from more of a three, four system. You know, he likes to have more of those linebacker edges more so the defensive end edges. Um, uh, but you know, edge rushes are you more, it is kind of universal, you kind of have to be able to play both um, in today's NFL because you're you're just technically a pass rusher more than anything. But he wasn't like a true pass rusher. They just utilized him a lot in that spot. Uh, but Drew was great. Uh, Nick was phenomenal. It great, you know, I hated how that he had to get that he got hurt. I think um, you know, have playing with a cast on isn't the isn't the best. You know, it, it's hard for you to get engage in your blocks a lot and being able to rip away from them as much as you want to. Um, there's, there was about three interceptions that I saw uh, this year that uh, Nick could have had, you know, there's like, you know, at least three of them that he had, but it could have had, but that cast that he had blocked or negated the fact that he couldn't fully grip onto the ball. And a lot of people, you know, I, I don't understand why Nick Bolton gets dogged on. I really don't. I, I, you know, I don't know if it's because he goes to Mizzou, and I'm not even a Mizzou person. I can't stand Mizzou. I'm a KU fan. You know, diehard, born and raised KU family. Um, you know that that's that's how it's always been forever. Uh, but I love Nick Bolton. The moment you play in the league, the moment you put a Chiefs jersey on, I don't give a fuck what college you went to. That you're you're a Kansas City Chief to me now. So, you know, the slander that he got gets, I, I don't get it, um, you know, for because he, you know, I, yes, he's not, you know, he's not Derek Johnson where he's making play after play after play like that. But Spags trusts him and he's 10 times better than Anthony Hitchens. Um, and he's smart. I mean, the way that he lines, the, I mean, he, the way he communicates with the defense for one, 
the way that he's able to shift everybody for two, change the coverage, check everybody, and his communication with Spagnolo. that's why he's the Mike linebacker. And him and Spags have that relationship. And, you know, and you bring in Drew, who also has been phenomenal, and Drew was able to take over that green dot when Nick was out because, you know, that you had, you know, you needed someone there, and Drew had the Mike experience playing in uh, L.A. And we can even go back to the um, the text messages that he got from Andy Reid right before signing. And he he cashed in. He, he cashed in, man, or cashed out, whatever you want to put, call it. Um, and he, he got his Super Bowl. He got his Super Bowl title. And I hope they can figure out how to bring him back, uh, keep this linebacking core together. They're most likely going to draft one unless – they love what they got out of Cam Jones in that um uh, that that week 18 game um and some of the plays he made on special teams now he did get hurt i believe towards the end of the year um but you know he comes back healthy next year he he might have a role you know he was flying to the ball he's very athletic you know, I'm not saying he's as athletic as Willie Gay. I I don't I mean Willie Gay is freakishly athletic. Um but, you know, if they can find a role for him, you never know. You know, Willie Gay has made it clearly apparent that he is not returning to Kansas City. I think we all kind of called that from the jump. Um, you know, he's I think he would love to stay, but I think his I think his agents kind of already put in his head like, "Hey, we're going to get you some money, man. Like, we're going to get you good money. I, we would love for you. I know you would love to stay in Kansas City, but he's won you a couple Super Bowl rings. Now it's time to get you paid." And we all love Willie. We're all going to miss the Juice Man, his energy on the sideline. I think I think he's kind of the guy who really brought swag surfing or maybe it was Jarek McKinnon, I can't remember. Um, who really brought it into Chiefs Kingdom. Um, or, you know, this is the song. It's been a song out for years, but I'm just saying, like, just making it relevant again for us. Um, I don't know, but uh, he he had a lot of hype, and he was great. I think this year you really saw the Willie Gay that we've wanted to see, you know, for years. Um, and it sucks that it had to come on his last year of his contract, uh, you know, cause his rookie year, he barely saw the field. It was COVID. They didn't have the off season like they wanted to. And Spags was not going to throw a rookie out there that didn't know the defense. And I think he knew Willie was a, lo- uh, Willie was a slow learner. Cause you got to remember, Willie didn't have a long career in college either. Cause you know, and suspended some games and, you know, hurt, you know, I think he probably maybe played – he played his jun- – I think he played until his junior year, but I, I don't think he – you know, I think he was suspended a lot of games, so there wasn't a lot of college experience either. Uh, so it was going to take some time. You know, you just wanted – you know, he had the athleticism. He could play. You know, you just wanted him to get the, the brain part down, the IQ down in the playbook. And that was hard and why he couldn't see the field initially. But – uh, he eventually got on, uh, caught on the second year. I want to say the reason why it was hard for Willie in the second year, even though he did play a lot uh, next to Anthony Hitchens, um, and uh, you know, some with Nick Bolton when they were bringing Nick Bolton in, 
um, in that uh, Nick Bolton, excuse me, Nick Bolton's rookie year. Uh, I remember Willie got hurt and he missed like, you know, he got put on IR. He missed like four or five weeks, you know, so then that derailed that. And then his third year, he gets suspended. Um, and then that kind of derails that he missed. I think he missed four games and, but they didn't enforce it until after week two. So, you know, that, that took him that took him out till, you know, to whatever point. So this year it was like actually a full year. I, I think he might've missed a game probably, but it, it, it was a full year that he played. No, he, he didn't play in the Buffalo game. I don't think. He didn't play in one of the playoff games. I can't remember what playoff game it was, but there was a playoff game that he did not play in. Um, but it didn't matter. They they did extremely well. Um, I remember J- Jack Cochran had to come in for a player too. I can't. It, it was a game where he actually had to fully come in because uh, Drew Tranquil got hurt, and I want to say that was probably that Packers game earlier in the season. Uh, Because Nick was on IR at that point, Drew got concussion, so they had to throw Jack Cochran out there. Um, But no, you know I've been kind of harping on the linebacking core the last ten minutes. Uh, Let's let's talk about the defensive line real quick and how great Joe Cullen is and how awesome it was to see him get a a new contract extension. Uh, Joe Cullen has been amazing. I mean he he honestly has been a blessing to this defense. Now I know Spagnolo's our DC and I think he's been a blessing obviously, but adding Joe Colon and moving daily to linebackers was the best for everyone. I mean, with Joe being a defensive, former defensive coordinator himself, his ability to bring his ideas into the, the defensive room with Spags and then being able to mix a lot of the fronts uh, do a lot of, uh, you know, different, different packages, um, throwing different linebackers out there, uh, you know, confusing a lot of people in the back end. Um, and that was the reason why this defensive line was able to eat a lot. And we, again, we were second in sacks again this year, um, was because of secondary, the secondary was phenomenal. You had, you had Legereus Sneed, who we all thought was screwed out of, not getting all pro or a pro bowl. Um, and, you know, we got to see his contract situation this off season. Um, I think he, uh, he should have been graded as the number one quarter in the league. He was getting screwed on that, uh, but it didn't matter. He locked every number one up this year. He didn't give up a touchdown until the playoffs. He didn't give up his first touchdown until the playoffs. And then he gave up his second touchdown again in the playoffs. And, you know, it, again, it just, you know, it, it, it's one. And granted, those were two good plays that happened on him. But for the most part, dude shut every number one down and he followed them. You don't see many corners that do what do what he did. And, you know, he keeps doing that. He's going to build a reputation for himself like Darrell Revis did. You know, it's going to be a Sneeds Island, you know, because he has great technique. And I don't think any – I think every receiver in the National Football League, including you, Jamar Chase, should know that, you know, LeJarrius Sneed is legit and, you know, it is a battle to play against him. So, 
I I I hope they can figure out Legarius Sneed. Some are projecting maybe he gets franchise tagged. Um, you know, you, you got to keep the tandem together. Him and him and McDuffie. McDuffie ultimately does get an All Pro playing uh, the slot nickel, um, and he was phenomenal at it this year. I think you know having a guy like him is very important. I almost want to say Spags is probably going to try to utilize him a lot, like uh, Tyron Matthew when Tyron Matthew played a lot of the nickel. Because you got to think about Tyron Matthew played a lot of roles in uh, Spags' defense. He played. He played in the box. He played post safety. Um, he played a robber. Uh, he he came down and played the nickel. You know, he played a lot of spots. And I think that's what they're trying to utilize McDuffie a lot in uh, because you saw him blitz. His blitzing was phenomenal this year. He had a sack. He was disrupting plays. Um, and then in the Super Bowl, he was pivotal. I mean, just deflecting those passes – um, he did have the penalty, but whatever. Um, and then uh, being able to come come together on that, uh, what was it, that third down, that key third down, which forced um, which forced them to uh, punt it back to us to go down and uh, tie the game up. So no, I mean it 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 was a great great play, and honestly. Having those two out there, McDuffie, Sneed, you can do you can do a lot of things. Um, looking at the safety play, now it was unfortunate for Brian Cook to get hurt. He was having a phenomenal sophomore campaign, um, you know. But bringing in Mike Edwards, Mike Edwards was a blessing in disguise to this defense because his ability to find the ball and having a knack for you know. Picking it, deflections, you know, being there at the right time in the right spot. Um, I mean, he cashed out too. I mean, he came from Tampa. He gets another ring. Blaine Gabber gets another ring. Donovan Smith. Those guys got to be sitting there just like, how the fuck did we all end up here in Kansas City winning another Super Bowl? You know, we were we were just in this dance playing against them in the COVID year. So, you know, it's one of those things where it, it was awesome to see, you know, the Justin Reed. Justin Reed was phenomenal uh, this year. I think you can see that he knows the defense now. Um, and, you know, he's utilized a lot. I think it's crazy. I, I, I want to look at it like this. I want to say that Spags is using Justin Reed a lot and the roles that he used Sorensen in. But Justin's a lot more athletic and a lot more faster than, you know, Sorensen is. Um, and then, you know, you have uh, Trent McDuffie when he plays that that nickel role. You know, that that's kind of like how he used Tyre Matthew, like I mentioned. Um, and, you know, they're doing a lot of mixed, mixed coverage. They're running cover two. They're running cover four. They're running cover six. Um, you know, they're showing cover two, switch shifting to cover one, right back to cover two. You know, it, it, there's a lot of things that they're doing in the back end that's allowing this pass rush to be dominant. Um, you know, I, I can't say enough about how those boys played this year. Chamari Connor coming in and playing, you know, for uh, towards the end because he needed to. Um, you know, Mike got hurt a few times, and you know, you, you had Brian out. Chamari's gonna Chamari's gonna be phenomenal. He's a hard hitter, hard hitter, man. That dude loves to hit people. Um, 
you know, I, I'm excited to see what he he has in store for uh, the future in this defense. Um, let's uh, let's go back to the the front. Uh, Chris Jones, I hope they figure him out. But you know what? If he doesn't end up become, if he doesn't stick to his word and come back, um, because he's he said I'm going to sign a three year deal. Uh, you, you know, it almost makes you wonder, Hey, was he just blowing smoke up her asses? Cause he was, he drunk. Um, you never know, but he, he seemed to, you know, in that moment, he seemed to want to be here. Uh, some things have been coming out about his cap. Um, I know that they paid him that 4 million in incentives. That's going to happen here pretty soon. Or the, the cap is going to happen or the cap hit, I should say. Um, and then you, you got, you know, if they did tag him, it'd be a $32 million tag. And then you're going to add that 4 million on top of that. So that's like 36 million. You're going to, that it's going to be dished. That's going to have to come through. And now news is coming out that the cap, that the total salary cap is supposed to bump up to 250, which is ridiculous. And you're, you're hoping that it does. And if it does, then you know, that's going to, that's going to help this out because you can do a lot more restructures and you're going to have the money to pay Chris Jones. You're going to have the money to pay Legere seed. And then this three Pete, it will be looking like it can be a for sure thing. Um, because I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I'm not saying that we can't win a three Pete without Chris Jones, but tell you, tell, tell me this, our chances become a lot higher when he's on the team. He, it's Chris Jones. I mean, he, the ability to take up the blocks that he does, the dominance. I mean, he he showed he still got 10 and a half sacks even with missing one game. He was dominant in the playoffs, even though he wasn't really getting to the quarterback like that, you know, like as far as bringing him down. But his hits, his pressures, I mean, I mean he, he essentially single-handedly forced two uh, incompletions uh, in the AFC Championship and in the Super Bowl, uh, by pushing, you know, pushing the lineman into the hip pocket of the quarterback and almost getting there, um, and just giving putting that pressure that it it, it got, you know, it threw their uh, it, it threw their pass off, and you know he's dominant, man. I, I he's one of a kind. Um, you, you gotta you gotta figure out how to keep him around if you can. But I totally understand that this is a business. You went through this merry-go-round a year ago, and I understand that it possibly could happen again. Um, you know, I'm just kind of preparing for it. His 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 agents are his agents. We're never the the Cats brothers are never going to stop being who they are. You know, they're going to always try to do what's best for Chris Jones, and we have to understand that and accept that. And if it happens, you know what? Chris Jones has three three Super Bowl rings that he can always look back on in his mantle um and all the all pro seasons that he had and um you know he could oh, i'm watching sorry i i'm watching nfl 360 i didn't mean to cut this off but uh they just showed a clip with bono on the side um and this old coach uh, it's uh they're doing a black history month segment on it so it's just showing all the former black coaches or all the current black coaches and what they've done in past current um which is pretty cool and they showed a clip from kansas city back then but so it just distracted me for a second but back to what we were saying um, you know, it ultimately, it, uh, Chris Jones ultimately make Karloftis, you know, ball out this year. Karloftis had 10 and a half sacks. He's going to be a monster in this league. I, I know it. I mean, you can just tell 
I mean, you know, batted passes. I mean, he's learned a lot from Chris Jones, Tom Bali, being able to hand swipe, do the things that he, you know, he's done, uh, that he's doing. I mean, it, it's it's amazing. I I think I think GK is going to be a serious threat in this in this uh, league. Um, and uh, who else? I mean, Omenahu. Granted, it sucks that he got hurt. But I think, uh, you know, him being on a two-year deal, when he gets back healthy, he's going to be great. I mean, you saw it. I mean, that – that um, what was I going to say? That uh, strip sack that he had on Lamar Jackson in the AFC Championship. I mean, to have seven sacks in the 11 games that he played, if he actually played a full season, they projected him that he would have had 11 – he would have had 11 and a half sacks that year. So you're talking about 11 and a half sack guy, a 10 and a half sack guy, another 10 and a half sack guy. Uh, Mike Dana was on, um, he had a career high with like six sacks, I believe. Um, you know, so this defensive line was eating. I think Derek Nottie may have even had one. Um, you definitely sent a lot of guys on blitzes, but that's just part of it. That's bags. He's never going to not blitz. Um, that's just his DNA. Um, but no, it, it, it's been it, this defense, man, this defense been phenomenal. I can go on and on about them. They had a great year. Uh, you hope that it can come back and just repeat the same thing. Um, you would have thought, you know, with how the hype of the secondary and how the young crew, they were like, oh, the, all the rookies and how they played in the Super Bowl like that, you know, how they had to be reliable. You know, some people thought maybe they would have had to come back and have a bad sophomore year. Now, you know, there might have been, you know, some bad plays every once in a while. You know, you're not going to be 100% on every play. Uh, the one two corners I would have said that I thought was going to be the the ones that could have had some issues with Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams guys were phenomenal this year. Cannot say enough about them, and a lot of that has to do with having a guy like Legarius Need on the opposite side, having a guy in the middle uh, like Trent McDuffie. Um, and I think the tag for Snead is eighteen million, I believe. So I, I that's very doable if they decide to go that route, but I, I hope they can pay uh Snead. I mean, I, I, I hope you can give like a three-year deal for Chris and then you pay like a four-year deal um, for Snead. I mean, it, it, with this salary cap going up, you, you, you take money off Mahomes' contract, you restructure Joe Tooney's contract, you, you maybe cut MBS, you know, and then you have the projected dough. You're going to get a lot of money added to the cap that they can pay Chris Jones they could pay Legarius Sneed, and they could possibly bring in a free agent. Now, granted, I know it's like you're paying for a 30-year-old defensive tackle, but Chris Jones doesn't seem like he's he's slowing down anytime soon. He doesn't look like that to me. Um, but if they feel comfortable, there's middle-tier guys out there. You can go and pay a guy like Javon Kinlaw who's not going to command a lot of money, um, someone that will be cost-effective, and you can just hope that maybe Joe Colin can turn him into – um, a guy that he gets after the quarterback, but you're not replacing Chris Jones one on one for one, um, for him. But you know, the biggest thing is if he doesn't resign, hopefully they find a guy in the draft and then they bring in somebody, uh, that can kind of, uh, make up for some of the production. Uh, but you're, you're, you're not going to find a menace like that guy. Okay. Let's hop back. Let's hop back over the offense real quick. And let's uh, talk about the receiving core because, uh, that was the biggest uh, culprits this year with all the drops. They had led the league in drops. Um, biggest one was MVS uh, and um, 
I want to say could no, it was MVS. MVS had a lot of the drops and, you know, he didn't have a great season. Um, you saw a lot of the moments where you felt like he was just kind of being like, eh, whatever about it. But, you know, he ended up coming through when it mattered. And, you know, maybe we're starting to build a name for him like we did for uh, Clark, uh, Frank Clark. And that like playoff Frank. Playoff Frank was a different guy. Playoff MVS is a different guy. Um, and you saw that. You saw that completely in this postseason. He reminded us all. Uh, he reminded us all of of the the 2022 AFC Championship. Granted, granted, I will say he actually balled out a lot more in that game, and he just made clutch catches more in these games, even leading into the Super Bowl. I mean, I mean, he did it divisional round, AFC Championship, and then he scores a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I mean, granted, I I hope they cut MVS because they can save some money. Um, but that that's just me. Uh, Kadarius Tony. I mean, he he was a guy that had some issues. I mean, Grant they had to shut him down. Uh, they couldn't let him play uh, before the season. They couldn't let him play towards the playoffs and stuff like that because, for understandable reasons, he was hurt, um, and they didn't want to risk anything. I think uh, you know a lot to do with that more so. Um, and you already had your guys. You didn't want to. You didn't want to take that rhythm off. Um, you know, because like I mentioned, I think they, they were trying to experiment with so many guys that it was like, they weren't, you weren't building chemistry. Guys weren't getting a feel of the, uh, field because you're constantly rotating them in and out. Um, and you know, a guy like Sky Moore, I think Sky Moore has to be a rhythm based receiver. You can't just pass it to him one time and then not pass it to him no more. Uh, in the game and then, or try to pass it to him in the back of the end zone. Granted, he's an NFL receiver. He's got to catch it, you know, but he's a rhythm based receiver. Um, you know, he's not a Travis Kelsey who, you know, can catch whenever the fuck he wants to. Um, you know, that's just not how it, how it works. Um, you know, and I know the wide receiver coach took a lot of heat Embry this year. Um, a lot of it just was due to the feeling like there was no accountability even though there probably was, we just don't see it. We're not in those rooms. It's just, we only see what we see at the podiums and the games. And it feels like that the games are a reflection of how they, they practice, you know, and if, you know, my dad used to say you, you practice how you play and you play how you practice. And, you know, if you practice like shit, you're going to play like shit. That's just how it is. And we always thought like, well, they're playing like shit in games. They must be practicing like shit. no, they weren't. It just things were happening this year. You know, they had to have their struggles. They had to go through their struggles. The offense had to go through their struggles. Um, you know, and the receivers were who they were. And it didn't help that Kelsey wasn't as explosive as he has been in the past. I think that that hyperextended knee that he had suffered right before week one hurt him. You know, I think that slowed him down, but, you know, he needed that rest towards the end to ball out in the playoffs. Um, but I, I think a lot of that had to do with that. Patrick couldn't really find him in the underneath as consistent as he wanted, as much as he wanted to. Um, and it forced guys like Rasheed Rice to grow up. Rasheed Rice had, grew up um, in right in front of our eyes. He was close to being a thousand yard receiver. He's going to be a top receiver in this league moving forward. I, I just know it. 
him and Mahomes, they're going to have great chemistry with each other, especially both living in Texas and, you know, being able to throw to each other every freaking day if they wanted to. Um, I, I remember saying that, like, I think he said, I don't know if Patrick said he was going to be at Rashid's door every morning. Rashid's going to be at Patrick's door every morning ready to go. Uh, but no, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, those guys are going to build a chemistry with each other. Now we saw Mahomes chew his ass in the Super Bowl, And, uh, you know, he basically said, look here, motherfucker. He rolled the snap to me. Um, which referring to Creed, we're going to get into his situation and talk about the offensive line here in a second. Uh, but no, the, the receiving core, I think once they dumbed it down, I think things started uh, to get back to where it needed to be. Justin Watson was making his clutch catch every now and then. Um, when they went to the tight ends, you know, they started, you know, going back to more heavier tight end sets, you know, 12, 13 personnel, um, sometimes everybody out there. And it was getting Travis open. You know, they were running a lot of those tight end screens, um, you know, and it was opening Noah Gray in the underneath a lot, you know, to be that outlet guy uh, for Mahomes, like that outlet pass if he needed to, you know, just rely on something. Um, or, you know, just a simple check down every now and then. Uh, and we ran a lot of formations with our tight ends. So, you know, it, it was it, it was one of those things where, like I mentioned, the offense essentially stuck to themselves. Ultimately, if you look back at it, but they had it dumb as far as like the, the, the rotation of certain players. Um, what else was I going to get into? What else was I going to mention? Uh, running backs. I mean, Clyde is his last year. You know, unfortunately, it didn't his career didn't work the way that we all thought it was going to be. But you know what? He he came up big in some spots and some moments and we have to give him a round of applause and how he did, um, you know, and Jarek McKinnon, Jarek McKinnon. I don't know if he's going to be back next year. I can imagine he retires. There's too many injuries that he's taken. Um, and now that he has two Super Bowls on his mantle, um, he can he, he can enjoy possibly retirement. Uh, peacefully and not having to take as much hits because we utilize him a lot on third down and, you know, those blocks, man, because he is one of the best third down running back, third down blockers that uh, from a running back that I, that I've seen in a long time. So, yeah, I know it, it would be nice to bring the jet back, but I, I doubt it. I, I don't think they bring him back. Uh, I, I think it's one of those things where he may call it a career at this point. Um, and he's been around for a long time too. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, phenomenal uh, second year, almost had a thousand yards, uh, beat his uh, yardage from his rookie year. Um, he's going to be a thousand yard running back. I mean, you you can tell uh, that he started getting a lot more recognition for how he runs, the angry runs, all this and that, because we had to rely on him a lot this year. We had to really rely on him, and to the point where it was like, okay, you know what this is? It's Rasheed Rice, it's Kelsey, it's Isaiah Pacheco. That's it. And, you know, Pacheco was dominant. Granted, this offensive line was phenomenal at run blocking this year. Uh, so it, it, it was it was great to see. I, I'm happy that Pacheco had a great second year. Um, can't really be too mad about the running back room. Uh, let's hop over to the offense for a second. Um, you know, Warriors, um, especially, you know, Allegretti, you know, playing in the Super Bowl with a torn UCL. Um, and, you know, having, you know, Joe Tooney, even though he got put on IR, being able to come in and fill for him and then getting hurt himself, um, you know, he's got to have Tommy John surgery. 
it, it's one of those things where, you know, he, he was an iron man. He, he even said, it's like, look, if we went into double overtime, I don't think I was going to be able to do it. I mean, you could, you, he was probably just an agony the entire night. Um, but you know, Hey, it's a super bowl. It, it, this is, this is everything that's on the line. So it's understandable. I mean, but he learned that I get, he got that iron man heart from Joe. Cause Joe, Remember Joe's first year? Joe's first year playing center for uh, not center, playing left guard, and back in 2021, he broke his arm and he played with a broken arm the entire year. I don't know if you guys remember that, but no, our offensive line, um, you know, as far as blocking, it, you know, it was okay. Um, it, it, well, run blocking, I, I should put it put it that way. Uh, but pass protection was, yeah, pass protection was, you know, a little iffy, not from our front three tackles, definitely a lot of, a lot of struggle this year. Um, especially Juwan Taylor, uh, you know, they paid him a lot of money and, you know, he's our right tackle for the future. That's just what it is. And I think he's gotten better. He got better over the weeks. He cleans it all up, but he, he was getting picked on. He was getting picked on and Andy Reed, I, Andy Reed had to put an end to that shit. You know, you really weren't seeing the penalties as much anymore from Juwan Taylor, and things started working out. I think he's going to be fine. Uh, Donovan Smith, he's obviously was only on a one-year deal. I think he calls it a career. Uh, but if not, hey, you know what? If you, it's like, hey, you don't like the tackles in this draft, and it's like, hey, we want to we want to wait another year, we're going to ask Donovan, like, hey, do you want to come back for another year, play it out, or maybe they might want to move on and let Wanye take over. You know, I, I liked a little bit of what I saw, like, uh, Wanye, but he was getting beat on a lot of plays, understandable, get, beating a rookie. So it, it, you just kind of hope that, you know, if they decide that Wanye is your left tackle for the future, that you have to be confident in that pick. Um, I I personally, you know what, this is going to be very unpopular Due to due to the left tackle situation, I think I think Brett Veach. I think this is the I think this is the draft that Brett Veach is like. Okay, I'm done screwing around with free agents, trading for guys, and trying to make a left tackle work in this offense or stay in this offense or whatever. I think he I think he might draft an offensive tackle in the first round. I wouldn't even be shocked if he even had to trade up to get the one that he wanted. I I I know receiver. I'm not saying that, you know what, we don't draft a receiver. You know, there's guys out there, especially if you cut, you know, you cut Kadarius Tony, you cut MVS, um, you know, hell, you move on uh, from Justin Watson. I think Justin Watson uh, only signed a two-year deal. Uh, or unless, no, I think maybe he signed a two-year deal from this past year. So then, so he's good till next year, I believe too. Um, yeah, no, it's, you know, you're going to have, you know, especially if you move on from MVS and those guys, you're going to have to draft another receiver. It's just, do they stick to their MO and take one in the second round or do they, you know what? Hey, this is we got to take our guy now because he won't be where we where we are in the second round. We we don't know how it will play out, but um, I definitely think uh, you know they might they might draft tackle, and I wouldn't be shocked by that. But if they don't, see if Donovan Smith uh, wants to come back. 
uh, or not, you move, you, 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 you roll with Wanye Morris and that's just how it is. You're, you hope that he takes that second year leap and um, you have your, you have your offensive line essentially kind of locked in uh, with a young one. And then a guy who's already paid uh, Joe Tooney will be coming in on his fourth year of his contract. I believe that's why they didn't, I don't think they restructured last year. They restructured year two. They restructured his second year into his contract, but they didn't restructure year three. So I can imagine they'll struck because he signed like a five-year deal, I believe. Uh, so they'll structure. I believe they'll try to restructure this year. Um, I don't think Joe Tooney is going to be a cap casualty. I doubt that. Um, some people, some people were trying to predict that they might move Creed to left guard. Um, and they cut Joe Tooney to try to, you know, save some money. Um, I, I, I can't see that. I look, I, I know, I know that he played it the last game of the year and he did fine. And I know his snaps have been horrendous this year. I, I don't get it. He has rolled his snaps most of the year. It's been at least once a game and it happened a lot in the playoffs and more noticeable to probably people in the playoffs because it's the fucking playoffs. You're paying attention to everything at that point. Um, I still think he stays our center for the future. I I still think they try to keep him around as much as they can. They don't let him go anywhere. Um, And I think it's just something he's just got to fix. You know, you can't have Patrick, you know, playing in under center every freaking play, hurting his low back for the rest of his career. He needs to be in shotgun. Um, because that's where we like to go with a lot of our plays. Um, so no, they, they can't, they can't, um, they can't just, you know, move Creed around and just say, screw Joe Tooney. I think Joe's still here. Creed and Trey are still here. They try to figure those guys out going into their last years of their, uh, of their rookie deals. Um, and, uh, what else was I going to say? Um, and you, you keep Joe Tooney around because he's Joe Tooney. He's he's racking up all pro seasons. Um, he got hurt, but he can come back strong, healthy next year um, and maybe get another all pro and then try to be part of this three-peat run. Um, so I can't say enough about the offensive line um, as far as like them being able to clean it up, through, especially going through the playoffs, because that was a lot of people's nervous. A lot, a lot of people were nervous about is how the offensive line was going to hold up and how they were going to do if they were going to probably crap out. You know, I don't think they were going to crap out like, you know, Super Bowl 55. It was not like that at all. No, we we had every guy but but Joe. All right, um, that was pretty much kind of the recap of the season. I mean, I'm not going to go week by week and, um, you know, just recap every game. You know, this was kind of just me just briefly talking about this year's team, this year's squad. Uh, oh, can't can't forget about special teams. Uh, Harrison Bucker, psh, dude, let's just go ahead and say it now. Fuck Justin Tucker. Harrison Bucker is the best kicker in the NFL. I'm not saying Justin Tucker's not not great, not that hasn't been considered the greatest um, of 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 all time. Granted, he still has the longest kicked field goal of NFL history, but with what Harrison Bucker's been doing over the last couple years, the consistency. Let's just call it this way. I mean, he and we're winning Super Bowl. He's the best kicker in the league. He is. 
no doubt about it. He's the best kicker in the league. Um, Tommy, kind of an up and up and down year. He had an All Pro season last year, but it was kind of an up and up and down year this year for him. Um, you know, but he was he did find the playoffs. Uh, Tom, you know, I I think they may try to keep Tommy around. I I don't see them being like, look, we we want to just shuffle through punters all the time. We're we're not going to ever pay a punter. It's just pointless when you have Mahomes. You know, and they might feel that way, and this it actually might happen. I'm no GM. I don't have every answer. I don't even know the answers. But you know, I you know, I hope they keep Tommy around. I love having Tommy. I think he, you know, I can imagine him being getting up to that age like Dustin Colquitt did, and I can see him having. I can see Tommy if he decides to keep his long hair that he has like a long, just thick old beard coming out of his helmet with his, you know, long, great, long ass hair and shit like that. Um, I, I can imagine, you know, him being like that, you know, in his mid thirties, um, you know, whenever he gets that point, if he's still around punting in this, in this league. Um, but, you know, can't say enough about, you know, the, the kicking punting, um, but no, the, the returns and, eh, yeah. Turn game in itself, it's been it's it's been up and down. And I think Dave Tobe, he wants his guys to make plays, but you don't need this. This just just kneel it, get the, get the ball to the, you know your own twenty five. You know you don't need to, you know you don't need to worry about April shit. Just get there to twenty five and fair catch it. That's all you got to do. All right, um, let's talk about uh, well, actually, you know, first before we do that, let's 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 throw out some rewards. I can't remember if I did this last year. We're just gonna do offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, uh, coach, and um, MVP. All right, so my offensive player of the year, I'm gonna go ahead and give that to Rashi Rice. I think uh, with him. Uh, balling in 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 the year that he did uh you know breaking i one of i can't remember if it was the yards for a rookie that he broke uh, for andy reed or it, it was for the chiefs in chiefs history I, I can't remember which one he did but he had a phenomenal rookie year i i could have won pacheco uh but I, I think the wisest choice was to go with rasheed rice after having a phenomenal rookie season and helping this team uh reach a, a second consecutive Super Bowl. Um my uh and he's only gonna get better and I like I said I think he's gonna be one of the best uh receivers in this league. Um I think uh what else was I gonna say? I think um uh, oh gosh uh, oh gosh lost my train of thought for a second. I was gonna make I was gonna make another inference towards someone else but it doesn't matter. Uh, let's go on to the defensive player of the year, Legarius Sneed. Legarius Sneed. I mean, I said it earlier. What he what he did all year, being able to hold the number ones, follow. I mean, it, it's he should have been all pro. It's got to be Legarius Sneed. Um, team MVP. I'm gonna go ahead and give team MVP to. Chris Jones. I have to give it to the CEO because for him to miss week one, the the lockout, the holdout, for him to come in, play the dominance, show the dominance that he did all year, and 
then on top of that performed very well in the playoffs. He didn't get sacks, but he, he forced, he, he caused havoc on two pivotal plays that would have changed the entirety of the game if they would have been hit. And he stopped that. And I, I will forever say we don't win super. We don't, we don't win Super Bowl 57 or 58, or we don't even get to those games without Chris Jones. So I, I have to give it to him. I, you know, I could always be typical and give it to Mahomes, but you know, Mahomes MVP every year to everything. I mean, we, we don't have to keep doing that. And, you know, technically this was kind of a down year for him, but you know what? Hey, this is a down year and we're winning Super Bowls. So fucking be it. All right. We're going to briefly talk about the parade, uh, the good things. Cause I was there. Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't go to the rally, um, at all, but, uh, we, uh, went to the parade in itself. That was fun. Being able to see the players, you know, get off the floats, have a great time. Willie, at, you know, laying on the ground, acting a fool. You know, Noah was gone. Uh, who else? Kelsey was gone. Obviously, Patrick was. The weather was beautiful. I mean, it, it was a little chilly in the morning. Uh, we got there about 6.30 a.m., but it, it started it started to warm up it, like roughly around the afternoon time right as the uh, parade started. Uh, weather was great. I mean, seeing everybody, uh, you you enjoyed you know seeing that 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 celebration uh, because it's it, it's one of those things where it's reminding us that 2012 was just a fucking blur. I I can't even remember what it was even like. I mean, I, there's this video of Mitch Holtis that he, you know, he has uh, that he po- he he even said I forgot about this video, you know, and he talked about you know, hey, this is 2012. This was we're coming off a two and fourteen season, the worst, this worst in this uh, franchise's history, you know, and it, it was you know the tragedy of Javon Belcher and all that stuff. I mean, it was looking back at all that and even before that you know let's take you know even bad a bad year with bad years with uh Haley you know and then the bad years with Herm and then even the struggle years with um uh uh oh gosh um uh, with Dick and you know and then you can go in through the the 90s bullshit but at least at least Marty Marty was taken. Marty essentially was like Andy Reid before, you know, Andy Reid got Patrick and started winning Super Bowls. You know, at least, you know, he was getting the teams to the playoffs. He just couldn't win the damn playoff game. And that's how it was, how Andy was when he got here in 2013, you know, but he got, he was getting us to playoff games and you knew something was eventually going to budge. And then we got the QB. And, you know, looking back at it, you know, and being at those parades, you're just like, man, like, we are really witnessing this right now. And it is fucking amazing. And I, I know what Patriots fans have told me. I have a buddy who's a Patriots fan. He's like, dude, just enjoy what you're seeing right now because it will be over in the blink of your eye. And you know what? 20 years feels like, you know, 20 years is 20 years. But Patriots fans are starting to feel like that was just a blur to them. And now they're like fiending for greatness again. Um, but no, this is this is Patrick's world, and we're all fucking living in it. That's just what it comes down to. Um, again, 
back onto the the parade. I the tragic tragedy that happened after the moments after the rally ended. Um, my heart, my love, my prayers go over go out to the Lisa Lopez Galvin family, um, and the those children, everybody that was hit and affected um, in those shootings. I I just want to give uh, one more final thought on that because again, those were horrendous horrendous acts. And we all know that they're going to get dealt with. Um, now, the guy that was falsely accused, I hope that everybody finds it in their heart to give him an apology because that man was innocent the entire time, just got caught up in the wrong place, the wrong time due to a circumstance. Um, but no, I, again, I'm happy that all the children were released. That that is what really broke my heart more. You know, I human human life in general, but children, that that broke my heart. You know, they that they didn't again. I I they didn't. I'm not trying to get too deep into it because we already talked about it. They didn't wake up. They didn't wake up from school to do that to have that happen. They woke up from school to see their team celebrate just like a lot of us Chiefs fans did. And we did. We saw a celebration from that point till the rally, you know, and when the rally was ending. But, no, I had a great time at the parade route. Um, I, I, you know, I took my fiancé, and it was our first time going because we weren't together uh, during the first Super Bowl win, Super Bowl 54, um, and uh, we uh, – we were together for the last two runs, but we decided to watch it at home just because uh, I wanted to see what it was like. It was a little chilly out. I didn't really feel like getting out, and we we didn't plan it good. But it, it looked cool. That Super Bowl 57 parade looked really dope. Uh, but the back-to-back one, I mean, we obviously went to that. Um, and, you know, I don't know what number count of people, but, I mean, I can imagine it probably beat the other two, I, I would hope, just because of – you know, how this year went with, you know, the Taylor Swift, the Swifties and how that all came about and how more younger people started becoming more fans of the Chiefs. Um, and again, let's give a shout out to Taylor Swift, man. I mean, I mean, her, you know, not that she needs a shout out for me or whatever, but, you know, this podcast is giving her a shout out because, you know, her and Travis relationship is awesome. You know how that transpired and how it was all throughout the year. And, you know, we were in our villain era and, and, you know, that's just what it came, came down to. Um, and she generated a lot of money through the NFL by bringing new viewership organically. It wasn't like she was asked to do anything specific. Um, but no, that's just what it came down to. And, um, so I'm happy for her and Travis and I hope they continue to, uh, work out with their, with their relationship. Um, that's just, uh, what a lot of us Chiefs fans are hoping for. I, at least I could imagine, um, not the entire league, but you know, at least, uh, at least Taylor Swift and the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, well, that's kind of a recap. I, you know, we, we've gone over a lot. I mean, this is a long episode. I mean, you guys are getting a lot of my, my last words of this podcast. Um, I, again guys it's been a ride it's been a fun ride i I, i'm i'm excited or i'm i'm more than excited but i'm honored i'm glad that i was able to give you guys these two years of content of of chiefs content from my perspective 
my thoughts and how I view the game, how I view the team, um, everything. I mean, it, it was a great ride, back-to-back champion, Super Bowl 57, Super Bowl 58. Um, you know, what if I even – what if I started this, you know, back when 154, who knows? Um, everything happens for a reason. Uh, now, one thing that I wanted to do before we get out of here is uh, rank all three Super Bowl wins – um, into what um, I feel is uh, the best. Um, man, nothing will ever be like Super Bowl 54. I mean, that first one was, and now they get sweeter every time, but I feel like that first one, I mean, just to witness it, how they want it. I mean, it was, it was amazing, but these other two Super Bowl wins, I, I mean, as far as the most impressive one, I think from Mahomes' standpoint, Super Bowl 57 had to have been the most impressive just because of him being able to, you know, he won the MVP that year and then, you know, being able to do it on one leg. That's, uh, you know, that that is exactly what, you know, you wanted to see out of uh, him that year be Superman, and he did it on one freaking leg. So from an individual standpoint, that was probably the most impressive for him. From a team totality standpoint, it's this one because of, you know, how everybody left us for dead and how this team was not supposed to be in the position they were, and they got they got to the position that they were in. Um, so that's how I kind of viewed those two Super Bowl wins. But for the one in my heart, that one will forever be, you know, Super Bowl 54, just because it was that first one that started this, that started this campaign um, on becoming a dynasty. But that ended up ultimately happening, what, two months, three months late? Or no, what, Super Bowl happens in uh, February. So a month later, we were all shut down. So, yeah, it, it was one of those things where it's like, man, that almost feels like a blur in in, in itself because that was the 2019 season. That was we weren't even in the 2020s yet. We're already in 2024. It's like, man, these years are flying by on us, and it's already crazy. Football season's already over. All right, guys, that's it. That's it. I, I have nothing else left to talk about. I have nothing left else to say. Um, I, I ultimately, I think this is kind of good that I'm in the podcast because the platform that I, that I do these recordings on, they're actually switching over to a whole new thing that I don't even want to get into. Cause I think you have to pay for it. And, you know, I've been doing this for free for the last two years. Why would I jump into something now that I had to pay for it? So no, I, I, I'm, I guess it's all this kind of plays out the way that it's playing, but I will be making guest appearance on a lot of different podcasts. So just, just wait, you know, if you guys follow me on X on uh, Instagram, you know, mostly X is when I keep a lot of my sports content more. So, um, you know, if I'm posting a lot on that, you'll see if I'm making like, you know, Hey, I'll be on this. Hey, I'll be on that. So be on the lookout, follow me, give me a follow at big EKC. Yeah, that's big EKC. And then, you know what, you'll be able to see me, you know, you know, share some content on other shows um, and kind of give, you know, how I feel and kind of give my experience of what I did with this podcast, um, you know, onto their platform. So, all right, Chiefs Kingdom, it's been a fun ride. I thank you guys all. I thank you for all my fans. I appreciate you guys all. 
um, awesome. You know, I don't want to sit here. If I talk along, I'm going to start crying because this, this was amazing. I was, I'm, I'm honored. I'm, I was privileged and I'm, I'm grateful that you guys all took the time to sit down and listen to every single episode uh, that I put forth an effort uh, for you guys because I love the Kansas City Chiefs and I know you guys all do too. All right, Chiefs Kingdom, back to back champs, baby. And for one time, for the last time, we will say the connect is always real. I love you guys.